This is a City of Crestview podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of Civic View. My name is Chance Levins and I'm your digital media specialist here at the City of Crestview. The goal of Civic View is to keep our citizens informed and entertained while maintaining a sense of transparency between you and your local government. And here at City Hall and all across the city, we value that communication as well as civic engagement, and we hope this podcast will continue to be a source of both. So let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Civic View. Uh, Today's episode's a little special. I have some um, interesting people with me today on the podcast, and I think it's going to be a fun uh, episode. So uh, joining me, I have our training officer uh, in our dispatch uh, center, and her name is Stephanie Burgess. She's also an Air Force vet. She's been with us for a few years now. And along with Stephanie, I have our supervisor dispatch uh, excuse me, uh, dispatch supervisor, Lindsay Garrett. Ladies, thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Like I, I said before, um, the uh, Stephanie, you are an Air Force vet. Thank you for your service, first of all. Um, My pleasure. And um, you were one of our training officers. And so what I want to know from you uh, so I didn't prepare you for this one ahead of time. I always <laughs> like to save one. I don't prepare people for, um, what I want to know from you maybe is when you're, when someone's entering this, um, career, mm-hmm. because that's what it is. Um, what do you think is probably one of the more challenging things you deal with early on? Um, I would say early on the biggest challenge for me was, um, starting every day fresh not bringing things home with you. Um, you do hear a lot of scary things, a lot of emotional things. Every day is different. Um, every call type, even though it may be the same kind of call type, what we would consider to be, um, no call is the same. So um, I think that I took a lot of things home with me, uh, thought a lot of, about a lot of things What after I got home, very emotional, very heavy so to speak and um so i would say that's the biggest thing is to try to kind of leave work at work and use that really precious home time to unwind and kind of get back to yourself and uh take care of you okay i yeah i mean i don't do dispatch but i imagine any any uh first responder emergency responder career field that's probably one of the things that most people struggle with early on is separating or compartmentalizing that being on the job and then having to go home and kind of just be in a a different environment oh yeah Lindsay's that that seem about yeah it is I mean you just have to learn right away that you have a certain process to follow for each call and you're dealing with human beings that are at their worst day something horrible is happening to them but you also have to remember i have to follow these steps to get them help and to make sure that i'm doing my job the best of my ability and getting them help quickly and efficiently and that helps to compartmentalize because right after that you have to move on to something else Mm -hmm. so it's you're thinking of it as a person, but you're also thinking of all the things you have to do right, to move to the next person. A set of tasks that Correct. you need to get through. And yeah, yeah I, I mean, right. It's, it's still a job too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, okay. So that was a heavy start. Um, usually <laughs> yeah. I'm still doing my intro uh, four minutes in. So I just want to say thank you both. Thank you to yeah. everyone that does dispatch fire, police, um, all our first responders, EMS. I really appreciate um, anyone that does that because there's a reason why I'm doing this. <laughs> it's, it's very different. Yeah, very I, different. I, I would say I can imagine, but I can't. Um, so well, again, thank you. Um, now, there's a reason why we have uh, Stephanie on in a way, and that's um, you've been recognized multiple times um, by the city for uh, what we determined was um, exceptional work is what is what we decided. But I think um, also probably just saying uh, you're really awesome at what you do. <laughs> very, so. oh, thank very, you. very. Thank you. And uh, so that's one of the reasons if you're sitting there going, why, why did I pick this person? Well, that's one of the reasons why we chose Stephanie. And um, that leads me to ask you uh, this question. I'm going to give Lindsay some time to wonder what I'm going to ask her next. But um, uh, I, we were talking a little bit earlier and, and I before we started recording and I asked you why you decided or how you became a dispatcher. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so I went to college after I got out of the military and I studied criminal justice and um, I was having a lot of difficulty kind of breaking out of those you know work through college retail jobs into something in the field I had no background I was trying to volunteer at different places just to get some experience um, down and um, I thought well you know probably everyone has to start somewhere and probably the best place to start is um, at a police department a law enforcement agency to see really the ins and outs of what they do every single day and what it's all about and make sure that this is really where i want to focus my future and so sort of on a whim believe it or not i it's funny i was living in crestview i was working in destin at the time um and I thought, well, I'm sure Crestview has a police department, which sounds so <laughs> silly, but I it hadn't even crossed my mind, oddly. And so I, you know, sure enough, they were looking for uh, dispatchers, and I thought, well, I can do that. I mean, I've got tons of years of customer service, and I like to think I'm pretty good with people, and I like helping people for sure. So... I'll go for it, and they called me, and I couldn't believe it, and I was really overwhelmed, actually, because I'd never been to a police department before. I'd never been, any, so I was actually really intimidated because I'd never even talked to a police officer. It was really kind of scary, um, and so I went into a room with, you know, seven <laughs> officers and, you know, high-ranking people and all asking me questions, and it was really intimidating but they were all really kind and willing to take a chance on me and I was just so grateful and I still really am to have been given this opportunity and I can't believe two and a half years later here I am and I'm training new people that are coming in and starting their careers and um, so it's quite a, a change from where I started but um, it's been worth every stress every overwhelming moment um i've met my husband through this job and um it's just it's been awesome so every day is is an awesome adventure so well that's that i like to hear that because uh, one of the things that <clears throat> i i do here at the city is i help with internal 
branding and morale and things like that. So Mm -hmm. when you say something like that, and I think, you know, our one city, one mission um, thing that we have going on, it makes me think about that because, you know, you're you're helping internally with your communications through the fire department, police department, and you're helping externally the citizens uh, whenever they call in and they need help. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that that's really cool. I also would probably be intimidated if I was in a room with seven police officers getting questioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. nerve wracking. Um, What what did you do in the Air Force? Uh, I was a chef, actually. Okay, so it's Um, quite a career shift for you then. Oh, yeah, I've. I worked in retail. I've been a chef. I've been a makeup artist, which is what I was for five years before I started this job. So you can imagine kind of that like casual, happy, fun, makeup-y world is just a total 180 from from this life, uh, this job. Um, But I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I wouldn't change a thing, so. Yeah, I mean, I think your work uh, speaks to the fact that you, you're you invested in what you do, and we appreciate that here at the city. Um, I'm going to shift to uh, Lindsay for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said earlier, Lindsay wears many hats, and one of those is uh, she is our supervisor dispatcher or dispatch supervisor. I keep saying that backwards because I wrote it down backwards on my sheet. Um, but uh so you've been here since 2006. I have. And you, um, did, have you been part of Dispatch like that entire time? Yes. So I was hired in 06. Um, at the time, police and fire were still together in the same building. You got hired technically by one or the other, whoever had the actual opening on payroll, but you did both. Um, a few years later, they separated and I had to stay with the fire department because that's who technically had me on payroll. And at that time, I had already left full time dispatch and was um, doing more of the administrative side of, of the fire department. Um, but I've always filled in, even when I wasn't supervising, I still filled in, worked overtime in there. And Cool. Um. I know we talked a little bit before. I'm not going to go, what's the worst call you ever had? No. What's the best call you ever had? We're, we're going <laughs> to, while that might be entertaining for some yeah. people, we're going to try to avoid that. Um, but I, I will ask you this. I, I imagine that in your time here at the city, mm-hmm. uh, you've had some moments that were standout moments for you. Definitely. Um, can you tell me about one of those? Tell us about one of those. Um, is it P? Is it uh? Is it PG? <laughs> uh, you calls stand out for different reasons. Obviously, if you talk to any first responder, calls involving children are always going to stand out. Um, certain calls again stand out for certain reasons. One of the ones I'll never forget: um, a gentleman was having a rough time and had barricaded himself into his closet, um, and I had to talk with him until someone got there, but we couldn't go in because he had a weapon. So I ended up being on the phone with him for quite some time, um, and we were able to get him out of the closet safely. Nobody was injured or anything. And like I said, kid calls are always hard. I've had a couple of kid calls where 
the actual child was the caller and they couldn't wake up mommy for whatever reason and just different things like that. You, you know, you handle the children a lot different than you handle an adult. Um, and before I had children, I started this job and I got most of my kid calls then. Um, but you just talk to them like you would your little sister or your own kid and, and get them through. They're always really scared and they're often scared that the policeman's coming. So you have to make sure they're aware that the policeman's trying to help them and get them, you know, the help that they need. Yeah. I think that oftentimes we, at least when media is concerned or movies or television, they have a tendency to ignore that whole middle part that you guys, where you guys really do a lot of your work, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, everyone knows, you know, 911, what's your emergency, you know, but like they often don't know the 10 to 15 minutes, depending on where you live and how long it takes someone to get there to help that goes in between that. And I'm glad you brought that up because the, you guys really do, you spend time, you mentioned customer service and in Mm -hmm. a way, in some ways it is customer service, but in other ways, I mean, you're, you're functioning in a role that's just as important as what a firefighter's doing or what a policeman's doing because you're that first contact and you, you're trying to make sure that whoever's calling you is safe or if they need help or, um, again, like I said earlier, I'm not sure that, uh, I'm not sure I would be able to do it. It's difficult, especially to, to train people. I know Stephanie can attest to this because most of your training is take control of the call. You want to get your information as quickly as possible and then get off the phone. If we obviously stay online, if it's a situation where we need to, but essentially your mission is to take control of it again they're often hysterical so you're you're wanting to get their attention get the information you need to get them help but then there's that other side of it where you do stay online with them if it's a child caller if it's someone that's barricaded themselves there's there's multiple reasons why we stay on stephanie's had a pretty memorable memorable call not too long ago where she um, took a call and it seemed as if the caller was trying to hide the phone and the fact that they were calling her. So you have to stay on for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So you have to just determine fairly quickly, is this something I need to take control of, get off, or do I need to stay on and talk to this person and talk them through the 10 minute window that they're waiting for help and you, you have to make that call pretty early on. Yeah, it's something that comes with time, I would say. You, after, and it's funny because I mentioned previously that every call is a little bit different. So, um, but you know, within the first usually couple seconds, this is someone that is trying to reach out yeah. for help, but they don't, for whatever reason, they don't want the people that they're with to know right. that they're calling. So, you need to try to get as much information from them safely as you can to keep them safe, but to get the information for your officers so that they're or safe. your firefighters to make sure that when they get there, they're in the safest situation as, po- mm-hmm. as humanly possible. Um, and one of the things I stress with um, training with anyone new that begins, I try to tell them we are the very first we set the tone for for everything so um 
it's important that we get the information that we need and as quickly as possible because it's critical for everyone involved. But um, we also want to make sure that we're conveying to our callers that our citizens that we care and that we're here for them. We'll stay on the phone as long as we need to to make sure that they feel safe because sometimes we're not right around the corner and it takes a while Mm -hmm. and we'll stay there and reassure them as long as it takes. Yeah, I imagine that would be a tough balance to maintain because you you go in uh, into an adrenaline mode, you know, I'm sure. sure and and then you're you you have to, you know, one part of your brain's like I got to process this information, I got to get it out to the officers, the firefighters, uh, you know, EMS whoever needs it, and then the other one is, you know, I need to have a conversation with this person too in a right. way and mm-hmm. as Lindsay said they can be hysterical which i mean oh, no, yeah. no one wants to call 911 so if no. you're calling 911 <laughs> there's yeah. it's probably not a happy occasion for you you exactly. know exactly so um yeah i imagine that is uh that could be quite a challenge oh for sure and it's funny we mentioned about you actually you mentioned it's not we see tv shows and movies where things happen in such a way and it's very rare that we get you know as soon as we answer the phone, we get the address and we yeah. get exactly what's happening and who is there. And a lot of times we find ourselves having to really dig for that information and repetitive persistence, you know, okay, confirm where you're at again. And those details that are, again, most critical to get them help. But um, yeah, so you just kind of, it comes with time. You just got to know how to handle it because it can be anything when you pick up that phone so it's really hard to hire for this job as well which i've learned recently (laughs) it's you can't the dispatch supervisor you can't tell if someone's for the most part you can't tell how they're going to react when they pick up that phone and someone's yelling at them because their kid's not breathing right. until they're picking the phone up. Yeah, we there's can right. do... probably no way to simulate training no, for I that. No, I can ca- pretend to be a hysterical mom, but right. there it's very different when it's an actual emergency. And we train for way over the minimum, the Florida minimum, but some it's and it's a hands-on you're there with your trainer for minimum four months three to four months it's usually longer than that but you it's really hard to know in an interview if someone's going to be able to handle that and and sometimes we get lucky in that the person recognizes that pretty early on and they back out and you know they come to me and say I don't think I can do this I'm not cut out for this and other times they don't and we have to kind of monitor that pretty closely it's it's very difficult to hire for this job yeah i mean it sounds like a really difficult job to do it is and the hours are long they work nights and weekends they work holidays it's it doesn't close so it's it is very difficult to hire and and it's more difficult to do the job yeah well i mean when i when i said earlier that i can't imagine i mean it and when i say (laughs) i you know thank you um you know i appreciate what you do i mean if i if i'm in a situation where i have to call 911 i want to make sure that the person who's answering the phone knows what they're doing and is prepared to help me and you know because because like you said i'm calling 911 is probably going to be about as much real thinking as I'm going to be capable of in that moment. (laughs) So, you know, having someone that is able to kind of do that thinking for me is probably very helpful in the, in the, in the moment. Um, and I feel like sometimes, um, you know, police and fire get 
since I've come to work at the city, they get a lot of love, right? Yeah. They get a lot of people bringing them uh, food and bringing, oh, yeah. bringing them oh, yeah. presents and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I feel like, I know maybe I'm wrong about this, but sometimes I kind of feel like you guys kind of get get left out on that. But. We get that. Yeah, they, they made us this lunch today. Here's the leftover. <laughs> yeah, we we do get um, appreciation, uh, not on the same scale. I think that a lot of the guys do, um, but a lot of people don't see us. That's no. another. That's an, the other point is a lot of people don't see us, and um, that is intentional, obviously, um, because our information is very sensitive that we deal with, and we've got to be in a secure place. But. Um, I think a lot of people do kind of forget about that first uh, contact with first responders, which is us. And yeah. um, but on the other hand, we do when we do get thanks, it's very special because probably because it's a little <laughs> bit more on the rare side, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's still meaningful. And, and honestly, we really are. Um, we live in such a law enforcement, first responder friendly community that we really are so fortunate to have a lot of support. Um because I know that there are some places that don't have that right now, um, but we are really lucky in that way. Yeah, a lot of states have actually recognized dispatch as first responders now mm-hmm. um, as far as job description and things like they work the same hours, you know, um, and so retirement purposes, they get put on the responders retirement program i don't believe florida has at this point um and i think they are trying to get it a federally recognized yeah i don't think it passed the last time it went um but they're gonna keep trying i'm not no that's real (laughs) i'm tim teasing um no i i mean i i don't understand why you wouldn't be i mean you're literally the first responder yeah (laughs) yeah right it's it's literal no um so yeah so uh it is tough but we are we are looking um for dispatchers right is that correct yeah so if you are interested in doing that or you think it's um something you would be interested in you can find application information on our website, uh, which is www.cityofcrestview.org. But um, let me ask this, because this is a question I would think most people would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there an opportunity for someone to kind of find out what this is like before they apply for no. the job? Yeah, see, I knew that was going to be your answer. <laughs> and, and that's why no. I had to ask, because... Um, because of the sensitive information in the material that it's not like someone can just come in and sit and go, you know, I'm just going to hang out and dispatch for four hours and find out what it's like to be a dispatcher. So, um, yeah, that is difficult. I wonder if there's a way we can, if there's some way we can figure out how to kind of introduce people to some of the challenges without. We are working on a simulation so that they can, when they take their typing tests and things like that, they would hear old approved calls that actually happened. Um, you can YouTube many, many 911 calls. It's yeah. public record. Right. Right. Um, once once the case is over. Correct. Yeah. So we've been looking into doing a program that way to where the applicant would sit down, listen to the call, and try to transcribe as much as possible information they think is important because at that point they don't know what's important. Right. So just whatever they think initially would be important to get someone there. Um, but other than that, no, there's really no, yeah. no well, way. I tried. Yeah, it's fine. Because <laughs> that, that's one thing that we've kind of uncovered over the uh, 
you know, some trials and tribulations. Yeah. The hiring is we have had a, a few hires come in and after the first few weeks, they're like, whoa, this is not what I thought it was going to yeah. be. I thought it was kind of going to be secretarial. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we, you know, we want you to type, but you got to type fast. Short bursts. Sh- yeah, there's, <laughs> there's certain, um, so yeah, it's, there's not really any way to prepare anyone. No. Um, but I mean, the best thing I could say is if you like a challenge, if you're looking for a challenge and you're a hard worker yeah, and you're willing to learn, that's all we ask. Yeah. <laughs> Starting that's, out. That's all we ask we, for anyone. That yeah. yeah. That we can, we can, we can start there. We'll <laughs> yeah. work with that. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so we have a, a couple more minutes here. So to like bring us back up to a little bit more of a positive note, um, not that any of this has been negative. It's just, it's just heavy. You know, what sure. you guys do is yeah. really heavy. Um, you said you were a chef when you were in the air force. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, what's your, what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing to cook? Okay, so or bake if you prefer baking. <laughs> so it's funny because um, I didn't choose to be a chef <laughs> in the military. Um, I did enjoy it. However, we did have a bakery, and they were kind of doing like all this pre-made, bought, you know, purchased things. And the bakery was kind of closed down. And I thought, well, why don't we start making our own stuff? And I'll, you know, be in charge of it. And so. We started doing that. So I really loved baking. Um, that's a little bit more my preference when it comes to that. Um, so anything cake, cupcakes. Okay, I was going to ask you cake or pie. So Super sweet tooth, but I'm really lucky because my husband is an incredible chef, and he cooks for me, and I'm very spoiled. So I don't have to cook anything, luckily. That's really nice. Do you do his He's makeup at least then? <laughs> Oh. He's beautiful just the way he is. <laughs> <laughs> Should I ask you, Lindsay, what's your favorite thing to cook? Nope. <laughs> uh, cereal? <laughs> Cere- no. I don't, I'm not a cook. You no. know that. Yeah, that's why I said yeah, that. Yeah, I know. It's fine. I was looking at her like, that must be nice, Stephanie, for you. It's quite yeah. nice, yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies, I really appreciate the fact that you both took time out of your busy schedules to join me and give us a little bit of an idea of just what we could talk about, what it's like to be a dispatcher here. And um, again, I want to say, you know, thank you for your service to our country and thank you to your service, both of you, to our city. Um, When I do these uh, podcasts, one of the things that's important to me is to make sure that I get guests that come in that are... Um, connected to what we're doing and connected to the way we serve our community. And I think you both do that exceptionally. And I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all the people in dispatch and fire and police as well. Um, Thank you. So again, thank you for taking the time to join me. And uh, I think that's going to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Civic View. You can hear new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and on our website at www.cityofcrestview.org. Civic View is a public affairs program produced and recorded right here at City Hall and is also featured Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. on WAAZ-FM and WJSB-AM. Our music is recorded, produced, and performed by Scott Holmes, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at City of Crestview. And with that, I'll say be safe, Crestview, and I'll catch you next time.